Hey, stupid nerds, the download the uh, Boogie Monster with, with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. So you can find out uh, what happened to Frankenstein and the Wolfman and all that fictional stuff that never happened. And don't pay attention to World War II or the American flag or important things. The Boogie Monster. Podcasting the Unknown. And we're rolling. What's up, dude? Yeah, man. Talk about that life. What kind well, of life you want to talk about? Well, first, first off, I, I want to tell you, Dave, that you've been uh-huh. uh, honored. But you've you've had a, a a a kitten named after you. No way. My Someone buddy, named a kitten after me. Yeah. They named well. It's named Dave because uh, my buddy Colin and uh, and his wife. Do a lot of like uh, they do fostering of kittens in Sacramento, uh-huh. and one kitten that they found apparently, a woman had shipped her van, a Toyota Sienna, had shipped it, and then it got there, and there was a cat inside the engine compartment, a kitten. Oh, and so they're going to name it the much more no offense, much more elegant name of Sienna, but I'm like you should call it Dave because Dave also lived in a Toyota Sienna for a while, and so sure did. My buddy Colin said he succeeded in getting... He's like, I just called that cat Dave enough around the house that my wife gave up. <laughs> oh, man. That's so, awesome. So, yeah, man. You got a little little <laughs> kitten out there named after named after you. That is so rad. That's very cool. It's only appropriate, man. And leading me into a, a decision I, I might make here about getting a sweet van, dude. Really? You're thinking about the van life? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I wouldn't live in it, but I'm just yeah. I'm trying to think of how to how to how to like tour, and you know, we've discussed this before, but how to mm-hmm. kind of pepper uh, uh, lifestyle interests and hobbies into also touring and trying to do stand up in whatever unorthodox way will be acceptable because it doesn't it looks it doesn't look like this ship is is riding itself anytime soon. In this no. country, so I don't know, man. I get a van, maybe occasionally it's the Boogie Monster tour, and we're out mm. scrunching around. We're out crambling, <laughs> looking for creatures of the night. I love it. Other times are bike tours, and we pepper in some uh, some goofball shows. I, I'm I'm thinking about it, man. That's why I, I wanted to ask the listeners, and I, I, I know. I'm looking at a build that's on a pro, uh, Dodge ProMaster right now. I wonder if anybody has any mm-hmm. opinions out there. So that's what I was. I almost of. bought a Dodge. Uh, I like the way they looked, um, and I don't remember. I, I didn't retain a lot of my uh, research back when I was researching vans years ago. But for whatever reason, I, I felt very confident in my choice mm-hmm. with the uh, with the uh, Ford. I got the E150, the 150 model of the Econoline. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be a better choice than the Dodge, but I, I like the way those Dodges look. Just those old standard Dodges. Well, uh, this is the stand. This is the one you can stand up in. Okay, I remember that was that was Jared Harris's concern way back when you were putting that Ford together. He's like, you're going to want to mm-hmm. be able to stand up in there just for your own like physical well being and mental health. You want to be able to stand yeah. up right. Yeah, that that would have been nice if <laughs> that would have been nice if I was able to stand upright in my home. Um, yeah, but it really it didn't. I don't remember it being too much of a hassle. I think I just accepted the fact that you know I'm going to be all cramped up in there. He 
Peeing in a Gatorade bottle is already rough. When you got to hunch over like Gollum to do it, makes it even worse. Yeah. I'm assuming. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a technique. Uh, I had a technique where I'd get on oh, my I knees. I bet you did. I, I'd, I'd get on my knees and then I'd oh, pee in the jug. That oh, gave me a lot more uh, room and going, flexibility. Dave's going to church. Dave's asking for <laughs> forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, because you're right, that it did suck trying to stand up and pee in a bottle because you were all kind of hunched over. So I was like, let me just chop the legs out from under this thing. I'll get on my knees. Then I'll do my business. It worked fine. Yeah, it worked, worked very well. What? How much pee did you get around the place? <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I got around the Like, how many times was there a mishap? I guess I'm asking. Oh no! I well, no, no mishaps because I and I used to have a bit about this, but uh, I I was very uh, picky about my pee jugs. Yeah, there was a certain yeah, I don't, there's a few. I, different, don't, I don't think that sentence works at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I, I don't I, think you could say you were picky about anything if the predicate is <laughs> pee jugs. I really was. I uh, I was always looking for the large mouth bottle, like like the sixty four ounce Gatorade. Dave's real or, particular uh, about what kind of scented trash bags he shits into. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there is some uh, there's some logic behind it. You get you a, a wide mouth Gatorade bottle, or like uh, one of those um, like half gallon iced tea jugs, oh, like, like a uh, big apple juice or that, something. Don't uh, yeah, the ones that have like the. Up. Yeah, the ones that A have a bigger mouth and B they're, they're they got a screw on cap. Um so the bigger mouth you just uh, for lack of a better term you just you just penetrate. You just you just stick your dong right in there as Jesus opposed Christ. to having to aim the stream. Now, if you're trying to aim your stream into a little 20 ounce Coke bottle, you know, you, yeah, you're going to have some spillage. What if you don't but aim it? You, what if you just kiss your tip to it? What if you just dock you just dock I mean, right you could the... you could do that, but what I'm saying is, I like to enter. I like to enter the bottle. That way, there was no no mishaps, no chance of of missing your target. <laughs> and plus, with those screw on ju- the screw on caps, Dave's then on you don't have to worry about <laughs> over here fucking a bottle of ocean spray. Oh yeah, yeah. But the screw on cap too, for real. Uh, that way, when you, I would always stow and secure my piss jug. But, you know, in case something were to happen, you hit some bumpy road or whatever, uh, if you got like a traditional milk gallon jug, for example, that's just got the little oh, pop-off top. Oh, those aren't sturdy. Top, yeah, those aren't sturdy. Yeah, the little, that little pop-off top might, might bounce off, and then you got urine everywhere. But So I need, <laughs> I need a solid lid that uh, I could screw on, and plus I need the mouth big enough where I could uh, get all of me yeah. inside there. Yep. I and I'm picturing you also just for <laughs> just for S and G's cramming your balls in there too. Nah, they wouldn't fit. Just really, cho- really choking it out. <laughs> got to get really, like us really doing the, job for that. Oh, <laughs> oh, the cat got its head stuck in a Kleenex box again. <laughs> you just you just oh. shaking around trying to get it off. Oh man. I've heard people like old, old Nalgene bottle is like, you know, obviously the jokes are don't confuse it, but like having a dedicated, yeah. for the same reason, wide mouth and a very secure lid. Exactly. That's I, very I feel we've covered these this in early episodes. Yeah. We, we, yeah, we the, were living the in the van when we started recording, right? Uh, when we started, no. I was still living with Ryan Singer for a few months. 
And then uh, I had I'd already gotten out of the van at that point. The initial I lived in the van th- uh, three different stretches of my mm-hmm. life. Uh, when I first moved to LA, I lived uh, for two and a half years, and then I got my own place. Remember that used to come over, and, yeah. I, and I had that for about two years, and then moved back into the van for about six months. Um, then moved in with Singer for a year, and then after that, I moved into the minivan for about uh, another year. So yeah, all together, okay. about four years, two and a half, and then a year, uh, or about a half a year, and then another year. So I, I, yeah, I didn't remember if we had like real time accounts of you live in the van, or they were all like m- memories. No, we were, no, we're we talking that, about it. Yeah, from uh, yeah, when we uh, trying to think, yeah, when we started, I still had a few months left uh, with Ryan, and then I spent another year. So yeah. Okay. Remind me one day to tell you how my, uh, have I talked to you about my uh, peeing in public, my ninja pee technique, when you don't have access to a bottle or a toilet? Oh, we, we've you, talked about that. You do you okay. do a lean. I've always, like, yeah. if you just throw the hood up on the car. That's what I do. I pop the yeah. hood, and then I, it looks like, to the naked eye, it looks like I'm in there, you know, trying to figure out what's going on with my engine or whatever. But it, it, during that time, you, uh, you real covertly uh, pull the dong out, and you just pee on your own bumper. I try to do. I've tried to do that next to a tree where I'm like, like you. But you're looking up at the trees. Like, oh man, that mm-hmm. squirrel stole my sunglasses. But yeah. then the, yeah. the stream, <laughs> the stream is just coming out the other side. It, it's. I think I, I, I count more on people just giving me credit for trying than actually being deceived yeah. by the. Attempt. Yeah. Yeah, you got to deceive them. You can't. A, you can't look down at the dong, and B, you try not to touch it. So as long as you're not touching it, look it down. You're not going to draw attention to your dong. You know. Not drawing attention to your dog. Don't, don't let that thing get near the radiator. <laughs> how how well, how was your how was your week, man? What's what's going on? Man, I wish I had interesting stuff to report, but just uh, it's kind of the same old, same old. But um, well, no, I'm driving now, so that's exciting. Went yeah, drove, you got uh, that's right. Yeah, went on a couple little uh, small little journeys, just up and down the coast. Went over to man, you know what? Have I talked to you about how much I love uh, Pedro? Or the natives call it Pedro. Oh, San, it San, San Pedro, yeah. Yeah, man, I, I like that area. I went over there uh, a couple days ago. They got this beautiful park called uh, Point Furman Lighthouse Park. Yeah. And it, uh, it it butts right up against the ocean. And they got these huge cliffs. And uh, you can go to the edge of the park and, and look down at these cliffs and look at the ocean. Oh, boy, just beautiful. So where, so I went so over where there. Sunken City is? I don't know. Is I don't know San Sunken Pedro City. or is that Redondo? It's, I, it was just, it's just the remains of uh, like some sort of structures that were built on the huh. coast and that just eventually erosion. They just gave way and they just kind of half slid into the sea over there. Oh, wow. Yeah, it might be. I'm not I'm not real familiar with the area uh, in terms of its history. I just it's uh, you know, it's the next town over from Long Beach. You got to cross the bridge and uh, just a cute little area. So went over there, took uh, took Charlie out mm-hmm. on a little father son day. We had a good time. <laughs> and uh <laughs> but yeah, just been out farting around, nothing too exciting. Had to yell at a crazy guy who was screaming out in front of the house a couple of days ago. Yeah, um, city city living. You know. Yeah. I, I took a real I got this new approach that I take where I'm not very combative or hostile, especially when there seems to be uh evidence of maybe mental illness you know your standard techniques aren't going to work with some of these folks so yeah uh, yeah this guy was just screaming just for like 10 minutes just at the top of his lungs right in front of the apartment fuck this fuck that blah 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 i went out 
I said, hey, man, uh, are you okay? That's my, my new approach is to disarm people is just to show concern. Yeah. Well, and I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I am concerned. But rather than being like, hey, shut the fuck up, man. I'm always like, hey, buddy, are you okay? And yeah. then he grunted something at me. I said, what can I do to help? And it was kind of sad. He goes, man, of my fucking family. He was cussing at his family and fuck this, fuck that. <laughs> I was like, well, what can I do to help? Subtext, what can I do to get you to shut the fuck up? <laughs> what, can I, what can I do to help you leave my area? <laughs> yeah, and uh, he mumbled at me and then just staggered on. There was no confrontation, so that was nice. But uh, I used to have yeah, a guy that would show up at the Glendale apartment that would, because we remember the Glendale apartment, the neighbor, mm-hmm. not my neighbor on my property, but the mm-hmm. next property over was kind of like a hoarder. You know, the, the, across the driveway from where my place was, and the guy. Yeah, like, the one, the one close, like going down, back down towards. Uh, yeah, Cha-Cha's like, and stuff. Kind of a decrepit side. house, and there was like abandoned uh-huh. cars and stuff. And every once in a while, there's a guy that knew there's a couch back there, and he'd lay back there just groaning, doing whatever. I'm like, there's nothing. There's no language I can use right now that's gonna <laughs> penetrate whatever realm or state of being this guy's in. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to listen to this guy make it. It is so weird. Like just being in the suburb, like shit, man, last night I thought I heard I should, I should go back. So last week we're very excited that little D little dirty came back. Hell yeah. You know? Oh, spoiling that bitch. She got a pet oh. door. She got a water fountain bubbler that she won't touch. Oh. She got a pet door that makes no sense to her. She doesn't care about. We got, we got I, we got her set up like full, you know, like like professional SEAL Team Six type of like know your exits, have entryways, like all kinds of stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so like last night I'm laying in bed, I didn't sleep at all, and then I hear the little click of the pet door, and then I'm like, what's that? And then because I was looking at my phone, every little thing is nuts now because of how quiet and peaceful it is. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Glendale Club, like, oh yeah, this is just a a guy writhing in pain and or ecstasy on a, an abandoned couch in my neighbor's driveway. I'm like, man, well, it's it's Tuesday, you know. Like and now, mm-hmm. I'm like, what was that small click sound? Is that did a raccoon get in the pet door? I don't know. I don't know. Dude, have have you seen the uh, Richard Ramirez doc that's on Netflix right now? I started, and it was again. It was kind of gnarly. For that like one will make my, you. my my mindset is different being in the burbs. Yeah, man, that one will make you question what sounds and noises you're hearing. Yeah, I, I started. I I've only watched maybe. Is that one episodic or is it one full movie? Uh, it's episodic. I think there's four. four I episodes. think I watched the first episode. Then I think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Man, that that fucking dude. What what a creep. Just. Ooh. Like the worst way, like just breaking into people's homes at night. Like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, there's some, some nutters out there, man. I don't, I don't think that. <laughs> he's like the worst kind of murderer, you know, because he sneaks up <laughs> on you in your own home. It's not even like you're out. Like, I don't know. This movie sucks. And then a guy kills you at the movie theater. You're like, well, at least I'm not watching the end of the movie. <laughs> oh, man, we just had a weird thing happen. Like, literally, before you called. Uh, okay. Katie's in the kitchen. I'm at the table in the dining room, which they're joined. But you know, I'm I was probably 15 feet from her, and uh, 
she's like doing dishes or something. And then she just turns around. She goes, did you just pinch me? I said, no, I'm sitting here getting ready for Boogie Monster. She goes, you didn't just pinch me in the arm. You're not fucking with me. I was like, no, some, really? something or I don't know. She just got pinched on the arm like real hard, like, like an aggressive pinch on her tricep. And she, she kept thinking I was messing with her, but I wasn't. Some rascally Weird. ghosts. That uh, last night when I heard that noise and I was up, I was seeing, I thought I was seeing some shadow move across the ceiling, but it's also because it's dark out and I'm looking at my phone and I put my phone down and my eyes are adjusting the light. So I knew that's what it was, but mm-hmm. Whew. Um, yeah, we should get the van. Get back to the van. Back to the van real quick. Are you looking to buy something and then build it yourself? Fuck the interior? No. Or are you looking for something that's already pre-built? No, man, I know my limitations. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to start a YouTube channel about <laughs> van build. I don't think the mm-hmm. world needs another one of those. And it's not, I'm not going to be like, I would document my adventures in it for, mm-hmm. to you know, because I'm getting, I'm feeling kind of desperate of how to maintain a, a presence mm-hmm. now that you know, all the live shows are gone. But yeah, I don't like... You know, I call these guys. I'm like, I don't need the these builds that are like, oh, hand painted tile backsplashes. I'm like, I don't give a shit about yeah. that. I mean, I want it to be nice. I don't want it to feel crummy inside, but it doesn't need to look like like a like a the Swiss Mick, Miss uh, Village <laughs> or so. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not yeah. gonna pose in a bikini with some yogurt and a dream catcher. <laughs> with the with the back doors open to the ocean or anything. Yeah. Yeah, some of those are so elaborate that like the whole point of me living in the vans because I couldn't afford an apartment in LA. So, you know, why am I gonna spend I'm not gonna spend fifty grand on a van. It some of these photos and you see it like it's staged like a house that's for sale. Like there's all these Oh, here's a cute plate of muffins and houseplants on a countertop. I'm like, this thing fucking moves. Like, yeah. Like, I get that you're trying to sell this lifestyle, but all this stuff goes in a drawer for most of the time. Yeah. And I don't like, it's all white inside. I'm like, no, man, I'm throwing bikes in there. That mm-hmm. white is going to be stained, whatever color of farts are. <laughs> you know, it's going to look like a, it's going to look like a smoker's lounge after two weeks. Of me eating nothing but Chipotle on the road. <laughs> Man, did I ever tell you this? I had, I don't know if you remember, but I had this big, uh, like, plastic chest of drawers in there. Like yeah. something you'd have out by the pool. Like some sort of outdoor, yeah. uh, you know, shelving unit or something. But I had that, and I had it uh, bolted down, or at least I thought. And, and eventually, <laughs> I put these little brackets on it, and, and they would kind of come loose. And then I even had like the suction cups on the back, and then I had it bungeed to like the top. I don't know. I had it real MacGyvered in there. And uh, man, about two or three times during the, my stint in the van, I'd be driving and I'd take a, uh, a left hand turn a little too sharp, and boom, the whole thing would tip over. Go and tumbling. I had like three big drawers, and I have them, had them labeled food, not food, and stuff. So I'd have like I remember that. I'd have like canned goods and crackers and shit in, in in the food one. Then I'd have like my medicine drawer, all my toothpaste and band aids and shit. And then I just have like a junk drawer. Just but like I stored a bunch of shit in this shelving unit. And uh, man, three or four times, just 
the whole thing just tumbled and just shit everywhere. And it just took two or three oh, hours to. Well, and you gotta, you gotta consider like, you know, knock on wood, you do get an accident. Like you think these people, like they have like this kitchen set up and they got the magnet. Yeah. Strip with the knives attached to it behind yeah. the driver's side. See, like, have you ever seen Final Destination? Are you like just <laughs> just putting putting your thumb in the eye of God with this? What are you doing, yeah. man? Yeah. So yeah, I, I used to keep that in mind, like in in case I crashed and tumbled. Like I uh, I had a couple kettlebells in there, and I would like rope them together, and then rope them to like uh, one of the <laughs> internal posts, and so they can you know, come whipping around with centrifugal <laughs> force like some sort of aboriginal hunting implement <laughs> some real gladiator shit well that's exciting though man i'm, I'm we'll, happy we'll for you, see dude. man I, i've been looking at him for a few months i mean I, I even when you were in i was always thought i was like man it's cool i'm not trying to live and be more rv style but mm-hmm. we'll see man maybe some uh i know i keep promising these boogie monster adventures which we did have, mm-hmm. that the show didn't go anywhere, but maybe we just do it for doing it. Yeah, that'd be fun. Man, yeah. speaking of uh, shows and witch? stuff. Are you like, speaking wh- of witches? Speaking of witch, uh, when, do you, when do you think we'll ever start doing shows again? I mean, some comics are already doing it. I also wanted to ask your opinion on that. I, I'm seeing, I'm seeing certain comics just going on tour, and I'm just like, eh. I, I, I mean, I don't want to be too judgmental, but it's like that's kind of shitty. Well, that's kind of again motivating the van idea is that all right? If because we went and saw Shane when Shane was here. Oh God, it was last year now, but he was playing Helium. Because Shane had it, now he's got the antibodies, so he's not as scared uh-huh. to travel. And uh, Helium had, you know, the tables were spaced out, and we got to sit way up in the back to watch. And uh, I, I don't, I, it seemed like the club was handling it the best way possible. Because it is a mix of like, I want everybody safe, but I, I also want these businesses to stay open, not just for my mm-hmm. sake, but for the sake of the people that work at them. And so I, I was going to go last weekend. I probably talked about that. Dusty Slay was, play, was scheduled to play at Helium. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit, man, they'll let me sit in the back, and I just want to go watch comedy again and just get, you know, get amped on it again. Mm-hmm. And then their their calendar was wiped clean. So I don't know if it was a personal decision with Helium or if it was an ordinance here, but their mm-hmm. whole calendar. So there were some fun people I was going to go see, some pals. Mm-hmm. But... So say the clubs are handling it properly, but then I could drive there and not deal with hotels. So that's mm-hmm. taken away two factors of concern for myself and keeping yep. my household safe. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you're driving, you're still going into gas stations. Mm-hmm. So there's still a level of risk involved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if, 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 if it's safe, like a helium, they were taking everybody's temperature when they walked in, mm-hmm. you know, which is cool. Like even mine, I'm took see- my temperature like that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm happy to do so. Please. Yes. 
Yeah. I'm seeing a couple. I, I don't know if this is me being an asshole, but I'm seeing a couple, and I'm not going to mention any names, but I'm seeing a few comics out there like doing these tours, and it kind of feels like, <laughs> oh, yeah, na- now you can get booked when 90% oh. of your competition is choosing not to tour. Oh, there are, oh, there's, de- well, I mean, even I'm being opportunistic by thinking I could do this van and now put out some sort of original idea. Not not original, but let me use this event to try and approach it from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I still, I'm like, I just want to do shows and I want to get out and do something because the world's all still tits up. It's still mm-hmm. opportunistic when you're like, and I'll tape it and put it out in the world. Meh, I don't, I don't still think be- that's... I mean, I think it's still better than just the van life people that are just, like, have no personality. Like, them living in a van is their personality. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I can criticize it, but hey, if you're, if you're figuring out how to get paid in a non-traditional manner, and it's not hurting yeah. anybody, right on. I, I can't. Yeah. I can't get mad at you. Those, but, uh, yeah. those... Van life that reminds me. I uh, I follow a bunch of like uh, record accounts. I've I've actually got one of my own. I don't talk about it much, but uh, yeah. on Instagram, uh, Dave's Dave's Record Room. If you want promote to your stuff, my, Dave. Come my, on, my stupid vinyl. Um, but I follow. I, I look at a bunch of others, and uh, man, there's so many too that <laughs> just like uh, like the, these gals will have their own record page, and every day they'll post a pic. Like the purpose of mine is I just show the record like, hey, I got this new record. Mm-hmm. Here's the front. Here's the back. Here's what the vinyl looks like. Here's my favorite song, that kind of thing. But there's so many of them, uh, predominantly female. And like every pick is just them holding a record while they're in a bikini. Like, ugh, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. is this about records or is it about you? It's about you, isn't it? Well, get, I guess, get, I wonder how. How long it'll last being an influencer, but if you can get that money now and get out, I, as much as I think it's shortcuts, fuck it. Well, I, I, hey, get get paid. You should do Dave's Record yeah. Kitchen, and you should cook while you play a record. <laughs> or you use a turntable, and you like put the bowl on it, and you can make a poached egg, because you don't have to twirl the egg to mm-hmm. poach it. Hey. There you go. I mean, I don't know. I don't like <laughs> records, and I don't know how to cook. But I'm t- let me let me tell you exactly how you should handle this, Dave. Oh man. <laughs> oh man, did you get rad this week? I got rad all week, dude. Really? Yeah, little little dirty coming back. Just really injected the household with good spirits. I went out and uh, I wonder it was probably Monday. No, Tuesday. Went out and bought a BMX bike. Yeah, because the bike I was putting together is 26 years old now 27 uh-huh. and the guy who's helping me at goods bmx shad over at good goods bmx here in portland he's like oh man this is a great collector's item this part's worth this much and i was like maybe i shouldn't just go ride this maybe this should be like a little museum piece for people that are interested in that kind of thing yeah and i'll just, just put like it back records there. Yeah, yeah. Just like so, records. I got a, I got an original 1973 Almond Brothers uh, Eat a Peach, first pressing. And I, but I, I want to listen to it, but I don't want to mess that record up. So I went and bought the, I got a reissue. I got my reissue that I play, and then I got the original that's just, you know, a museum piece. How much is that original? I have no idea how much records 
they they range. I think that one's maybe like a hundred, hundred and twenty, somewhere in that range. It all depends okay. on like which pressing and and what condition they're in and stuff. I've got a couple, I got Comic a couple book records style kind of thing. Like yeah, I got like a couple three hundred dollar records and stuff. But no shit. Yeah, but what, you, what records three hundred dollars? Oh man, I've got uh, I got a Minutemen. I got a first pressing right. uh, Minutemen uh, double nickels on the dime. That one's going for around three hundred on some places. Uh, what else? I got a couple box sets. I got a Tom Petty box set it's worth quite a bit. Um, yeah, I got I got a few uh, triple digit records some, in my collection. Some, or, some original screwdriver. Yeah, I got some screwdriver. That stuff. That stuff's kind of hard to come by now. Yeah, still has the swastika on it. The later pressings, they got rid of it. But uh, dude, when I. <laughs> Well, I don't know if I talk about like Bronger and I when we got to California. It was like remember LimeWire? Yes. It was kind of like uh, was it Napster mm-hmm. or whatever? Like just yeah. That's true. I forget even the term now. It wasn't streaming, but it was whatever it was, P to P kind of thing. And so we were on LimeWire, just getting drunk, trying to like find what's the most offensive music from any genre. Mm-hmm. And it's like he knew like all these deep cuts of like super like ultra violent rap and everything. And I'm like, oh, screwdriver, that's horrible. And then as it's like go, then I see it show up on my computer. I'm like, this is probably bad to have. <laughs> like, yeah, I, w- I was not listening in any sort of celebratory way. It was more of like mm-hmm. the, can you believe this is out there? I would never mm-hmm. purchase it or in any way, get, you know, exchange. <laughs> money or goods and services for it, but the fact that like, oh, here's LimeWare. Anything you want to listen to, you can just listen to now. <laughs> and so that was the excuse. Bless you. That was the excuse to just like, and then it was just, I saw it and it showed up in the listing. I'm like, what have I done? Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Get rid of this <laughs> shit. Like, this, this is confirmed. This is horrible. Yeah, you don't need that shit. Yeah, I never understood that. And fucking, I, I get annoyed at how some punks uh, uh, get all excited about Gigi Allen. Like, his music sucked, and he was a fucking terrible human being. Why, was, why are we glorifying this asshole? Yeah, it's, uh, well, the thing, it's, it's, something like, like Daniel Johnston, like, all right, some of that stuff is in a weird, uh, artistic way, beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's not some sort of amazing musicianship. It's outsider art. It's out like admit Mm -hmm. that it's outsider art. It's, and people can define outsider art however they want, but it's like, you're, you're not going, this is good. You're like, this is something. That's what it is. (laughs) Like, look at who's making this. Isn't this. And I, I always feel like those people will try so hard to justify why they think it's culturally important mm-hmm. like a gg allen thing like you don't understand like he took the norms of what was expected and even if i was like no nah, he's just a mentally ill dude yeah that people uh crowded around and egged on mm-hmm. like if you imagine doing that to just a person that wasn't in a band just a crazy man in a park i mean they they have done it it's called bum fights <laughs> yeah so, why was that despicable? But Gigi Allen, man, that's true punk rock. No, it was a mentally ill man that people watched be mentally ill. My my favorite yeah. is that, like, 
people going to see the murder junkies without Gigi Allen. Like, oh, yeah. that's <laughs> Gigi might be gone, but thank God that band is still together. Yeah, the uh, the bass player with the Hitler mustache, Merle, whoever the Gigi's yeah, brother. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. By the way, can you if you hear rattling? It's so windy here today that even though I have the windows down, the wind is rattling the windows. So I hear a little, little thumping. But yeah, man. So, but uh, uh, yeah. So I got I got red. I'm going to thank old Shad for, you know, I bought that BMX bike. Went to went to the bike track. Met old Sean Jordan at a skate park. Went with Rachel to a different skate park. She's got her roller skates. There's all these skate parks here, and then there's nobody at them until the kids get out of school. So I just look like. I look like a <coughs> a narc that got. I look like an undercover <laughs> cop that got the wrong assignment. <laughs> uh, like I was supposed to get the the file that said, in, uh, you know, infiltrate this homeless encampment, and instead I got the ones that like, go to the skate park and pull some Twenty One Jump Street shit. I'm like, I look like trash Santa. <laughs> I don't think I don't look I don't look appropriate. <laughs> at a children's play play area. Next album title. Trash Santa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> old Crispy Man, changing, <clears throat> changing gears real quick. Talking about outsider art. Uh, I actually watched a video the other day, a YouTube video about outsider uh, bands from like the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, like stuff that just so far from the mainstream, like Tiny Tim and just weird shit like that. But... Uh, they were talking about this band, these three sisters called the Shags with two G's, S-H-A-G-G-S, the Shags. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 69, they put out an album. And uh, the only problem is none of them know how to play their, their instruments at all uh, or very little. And their dad, uh, their dad was just some dude and he had a dream. And in the dream, uh, God visited him and said that his three daughters were going to be huge music stars. So he like uh, got a second mortgage on the house, took out a loan, rented some studio time, and they made this album called Philosophy of the World. <laughs> and it's literally the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like it's, They're all teenage girls. They're, I don't know, looking at the album cover, they're all 15 to 18, somewhere in that range. And... It's like you took three teenage girls that have never played guitar, drums, or bass, and or or written a song, and said, "Let's let's make an album," and it sounds so weird and so bad. But uh, yeah, anybody wants to get a kick of that, uh, the Shags' philosophy of the world, like it's unlike anything I've ever heard. It literally, I'm not exaggerating. It's like people who don't know anything about music who made an album. So. Well, and that's like some uh, uh, skimming. What I could find online, like the guy of some guy from NRBQ, compared the group's melodic lines and structures to the free jazz compositions of Ornette Coleman, like yeah. free jazz, which I think I'm without having that much musical knowledge of the genre, I think involves kicking some woodwind instruments down an escalator shaft, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I haven't gotten into that part of jazz yet. The the, the free jazz stuff. Um. Yeah, I mean, Ornette Coleman's got some legendary album. Uh, I forgot the uh, the shape of uh, jazz to come, and it's it's just above my head. It's a little it's a little too improv. But have you ever seen comedy? That's like it's a difference between like somebody trying to do weird shit with stand up, but knowing that they're at a comedy show 
and it maybe not working versus someone who's just, I mean, that was like the open mic scene in Chicago. Like some of those people just needed five minutes in a microphone. Yeah. And so it, there was a handful of just some not, it's, it's the, it's like I've said, it's like calling yourself a rad dude. You don't, you don't set out to be an outsider artist. That's, Mm-hmm. a title bestowed on you by other people who are trying yeah. to justify why they paid $8,000 for a painting where you just farted some acrylic paint out your <laughs> asshole onto a canvas. Oh, God. God. I, uh, I, I dated a girl for a brief moment that painted with her body. No. I what had is a that? What real, is that? What are you doing? How are you supposed real, to take that seriously? I had a real hard time keeping a straight face when she told me What that. parts of her body? Oh, all of it. All of them? Everything except, I guess, her hands with a brush. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then she's like, finally got somebody bought a piece of her. Oof, cramping my fingers, putting the air quotes around art. Uh, <laughs> but, and, uh... Then she was mad that the guy wasn't going to pay this top dollar price. So you understand it, like it costs to ship it and it costs like, God damn. I don't know if you've been in a relationship where you're just, you're holding, you're, you're hanging in there and you just don't know why. It's like, well, I got nothing else going on. I don't you think know. I've ever dated an artist like a like a like a painter. Or well, a I wouldn't consider that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider her. Then she got she was mad because the guy wouldn't she wouldn't accept the offer that he was going to pay for her <clears throat> rolling around in acrylic paint on a canvas. <clears throat> and then she, in the same conversation, was mad that her parents wouldn't co-sign on a lease for her. <laughs> I'm like, of course not. You're clearly <laughs> clueless about money. <laughs> and she was like, it, it wasn't young. Like it was, she was, it was like mid thirties, man. It's not the girl that made you wear a bicycle helmet to bed, is it? No. Okay. No, that was just, she's just a good friend. Those kind of line up. It seems though. Yeah. <laughs> that was, it was funny. Cause I was dating the one girl. And good I, friend. I told, I told that friend about it. And they're like, no way. Like, they just had a field day laughing about it. I'm like, yeah, I know. Mm. Sometimes, yeah, you there just, seems uh, to be... sometimes you just need some crazy. Sometimes you need a little crazy. And you ignore other maybe, things. Maybe more than any other art form, it seems like art art, it seems like that might attract some real pretentious weirdos. Because even music, even, I mean, outside of that album I just described... Like, even music, like, once you start playing, people can immediately tell, you know, if you have some clue of what you're doing or not. But uh, traditional art, just being so objective, I guess. Is it objective or subjective? It's objective, right? I always get those confused. Subjective is uh, moved so, by, yes. opinion, by opinion. Objective yeah, subject, is, like, I rooted guess, in yeah. fact. Yeah, so it'd be subjective. But, you know, like... Yeah, I don't know anything about art, but I could kind of look at something and tell, okay, is this a first-time slash wacko artist, or is this 
someone who knows what they're doing, but maybe their work is above my head. It just seems like you get a lot of, you could get away with a lot of like, what, this is art when it comes to paintings and stuff. Yeah. Well, there was some, some lady from Chicago that it said, like, you can find her YouTube video, and I cannot remember her name, but it's just a real bad song of just some woman saying, but like Marilyn Manson had her perform at his party, and it's, it's that mix of like, well, he's probably given her a good amount of money that she doesn't get elsewhere, but it's to laugh at, you know? And like, mm-hmm. it's when people try to excuse the fact that like, oh, no, I just appreciate the outsider quads. Like, you're laughing at it. Mm-hmm. Like, stop trying to bend over backwards to make yourself not sound like a dick. Yeah. But art, I mean, that was a conspiracy we talked about, like how art, the value of it's like it's probably like how people think it's just a way to launder money because there's no way to... Yeah, put a, a, a real value on it. So it's just a way to be like, oh, I spent this much. I bought a thing for five million. I bought a painting for five million dollars. Yeah, and it, and it'll appreciate. It's almost like Bitcoin at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's just the rarity and the effort that it goes into getting it, and now the desire is higher because more people want it. So. You had any interest in in drawing or painting or anything? Yeah, all through high school I was going. I thought I was going to go to college for art. That's cool. Yeah, it was uh, like drawing and doodling, but, you know, I was just like drawing drawing BMX bikes and skateboards and doing that kind of thing and just mostly never never, uh, graduated past the uh, enjoyed drawing. And, you know, know, when you're younger and you get – any little thing that looks like you might be remotely talented at, mm-hmm. you get encouraged to do right, right, in mm-hmm. in a way. Like, oh, if you're kind of athletic, yeah, let's get you into sports. Let's do that. And like, I could kind of draw. So it was kind of like, yo, you're you here. You're a great artist. And so then you start thinking, I guess I'm going to take art classes in school. And I did. And it was just like, I just want to draw. I don't want to become a graphic designer or whatever these careers that they're showing. Like if you're an artist, you can do this. I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. I just want to doodle shit in my notebooks. Yeah. So yeah, that's about it. It's fun. <laughs> Release. Yeah, that's cool. I've never had any skill or talent uh, in that. So I, I always admire people who can draw and paint stuff because I can't do shit. You're a sports guy though. You're athletic. Yeah. Yeah. I can do, I can do some of that. Now, you know, I have other skills, but yeah, just, to sit down and draw something, boy, that's uh speak speaking of athletic, speaking of uh less witches, less sandwiches, uh-huh. that dog that phrase not gonna work. How's the treadmill going? Oh, it's good, man. It's good. Yeah. It's uh almost a daily routine. I'd probably say I'm doing about five days a week and uh little mix, you know, sometimes jogging, sometimes I'm doing a new thing this week where I felt kinda lazy. Uh I don't know, I just felt real lazy this week for some reason. Yeah, you know, first as a change. Um, Lazier than walking st- on a treadmill in your own <laughs> living room? <laughs> but I still wanted to get something going, get the blood pumping. So I've been doing these um, uh, long walks at, at like a really slow pace, just like two miles an hour. I'll just walk for like an hour and a half, you know, because the way I'm thinking like, yes, and I know that it's not a great workout and I'm, you know, it'd be more beneficial if you high intensity interval, blah, blah. But my logic is like, well, it's better than sitting on the couch for an hour and a half. If I'm oh. going to watch this documentary, might as well 
Might as well <laughs> stroll on the old treadmill. Oh, look at old honey mustard Frankenstein shuffling yeah. down the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Honey mustard Frankenstein. Look at this. But it got me. It got like an me alert thinking coming. Like, <laughs> yeah, just real casual. Just, just <laughs> flip, flop, flip, flop. Just, just <laughs> barely breaking a sweat. But it got me thinking. I wonder how far, like, if you took cardio athletes, you took marathon runners and 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 tough mutters and triathletes and people like that, and regardless of time, throw the clock out the window. We're not we're not interested in who can do it the fastest. But I wonder how your average marathon runner, if you just said just walk at a slow pace at your convenience. And walk as far as you can. Like, I wonder how many miles they could log. Like, a marathon's... Well, this is the other question. Is it... For someone like that, would it be easier to run a marathon or to walk a marathon? Like, I feel like someone like that that would get bored and like, ah, I'd rather just go ahead and run. I can can run 26.2 miles. Let me just do that. But I'm just curious, like, it was one of those people, with the exception of, like, bathroom breaks, if you let them have... 30 seconds, you know, to run and off to the side of the road and pee behind a bush, you know, with the exception of that. And, you know, you bring them water like they do, you know, there'll be stations where you pass by and you can get a shot of water or whatever. But I wonder if, how far someone like that could walk. Could they, could they do 100 miles? Well, for, I mean, for, they just pee while they're running, which is... Or that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pissing myself is the closest I've ever gotten to com- being able to compare myself <laughs> to a marathon runner. <laughs> Ur- urinating down my own leg in public is the closest I'll ever get to participating oh, in a marathon. Uh, you write that down. Well, I don't. I, if <laughs> if they, I, I think they would just run. I, th- I think they're built for that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not to compare them to animals, right? But like animals that are like, oh no, their heart rates—they're more comfortable moving quicker. Yeah. Us? No. Us? Like, yeah. (laughs) If the option's there to walk, I'll walk. But I don't—I don't know. That's—I mean, because I did the other day. I did ninety minutes, and I barely broke a sweat. Like I I had like just a little mist. Oh, what did that come out to be? I think it was about four and a half, five miles, something like that. You know, but just super slow. That pace. checks out because I mean, it, usually walking a walking pace is twenty minutes a mile. Yeah, yeah, you get three miles in an hour. I don't know. Wait, Good yeah. for you for doing it, though, man. Yeah, no, I know that's not the. Way, I mean, that's not what I normally try to do. Normally, I try to get I on there. Create some intensity, but uh, the other day, or all a week, I was just like, eh, I'm just going to watch this documentary on the treadmill and just barely move. <laughs> and at least that's <laughs> rather than sitting on the couch watching it. <laughs> yeah, man. It is, though. That's good. I mean, I, I bust your balls, but that's good on you. Eh, it's something. Well, listen, it's uh, 45 minutes into this uh, thing. You want to talk about uh, the bleeps and the bloops? Let's do it. Let's do it. I got got some details here uh, involving a guy we briefly touched on last week. Uh, Mm -hmm. Last week we were talking about that documentary, uh, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, 
by uh, Dr. Stephen Greer. And a guy I mentioned briefly last week is this dude named Richard Doty, D-O-T-Y. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought his story was uh, interesting enough to where we need to kind of revisit some of his, uh, his details. But yeah, he was, a, uh, he was a special agent with the Air Force Office of Special Investigations at Kirtland Air Force Base in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And, he, and he's appeared in a couple of these docs. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he was in Mirage Men. I th- he was definitely in uh, the other Stephen Greer doc, uh, Unacknowledged. But uh, from what I gleaned from those, uh, basically his job function was, he was like a disinformation officer for the Air Force. And uh, yeah. in that documentary last week, they talked about how he helped stage fake abductions, uh, which that really uh, piqued my interest. And uh, I, I haven't gotten to the research uh, yet to where I found that chunk, but I did find some other interesting stuff on him that I wanted to throw at you real quick this week. Uh, where to begin? All right. In the summer of 1979, he was briefed into a special program named uh, Yankee Black, which detailed the United States Air Force's involvement in UFO and extraterrestrial visitors. Uh, the first evidence he saw when he, when he started working for them, uh, he mm-hmm. saw a home video, a 16-millimeter home video of the um, 1947 Roswell crash. Mm-hmm. And uh, some officials were actually taking video right there on the crash site. And he actually saw a video. I didn't know this. He saw a video on that video of a live alien who survived the crash. And he said the alien was later moved alive to Kirtland Air Force Base in Albuquerque, where he was stationed. And then later it was moved to Los Alamos uh, in Dulce, New Mexico. And he said that alien lived uh, a few years and died in 1952. And uh, here's an interesting thing about that. Where did this mm-hmm. one go? Okay. Uh, they named this alien uh, Eben 1, E B E N uh, hyphen 1. And uh, that stands for, I'm sorry, my notes are all scattered. Got to have a number uh, in there, otherwise, it's not an alien. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that, ah, oh, fuck. Anyway, no aliens. No aliens ju- are just named Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. Uh, Oh, hold on, I'm sorry. My my notes are all over. Okay. Okay, yeah. Um, get this. The living alien named Eben 1, E-B-E-N. I have that somewhere, what that stands for. Extraterrestrial being something. Uh, but that, the surviving alien from that Roswell crash actually had an Air Force captain assigned to him, uh, basically as a handler, if you will. Uh, and the handler, this Air Force captain, was a linguist, and he figured out a way to communicate with Eben 1, and get this, they lived together for three or four years until even one died in 1952. So there's a sitcom. How's that not? This Air Force captain lived. He was bunking down with a live alien. What? Now, that seems a bit, right? You just assume that this alien would live, you know, under glass in a, in, you know, in some I guess, laboratory. I guess that's nicer than how I thought we were going to treat the aliens. Mm-hmm. But as that <laughs> documentary is about how they're trying to demonize them, but this is like, no, nah, yeah. man, we just, we go have these on the groceries. Uh-huh. I get, you know, it's weird. I buy the peanut butter. He buys the live crickets because we're not going, you know. He eats those. I eat this. We don't. No. No need to split those down the middle. 
Ah, they split. I mean, that's the basically Elf. That, I think they. I think you just explain yeah. the story of Elf. Yeah. Um, but that blew my mind. That the, wonder, not only that this alien survived the crash, but he lived another three or four years, and he lived another three or four years with an Air Force captain. So, and this okay, is all. Straight I'm assuming from the, this is on the base. This isn't in like an extended stay America. Yeah, like probably a, not. Some sort of condo. You know, like, oh, get a letter you on about, your door. What did I tell you about using the hot tub, man? You cannot. <laughs> People cannot see you in the hot tub. Oh, my God. Uh, but this is all from the words of Richard Doty. I found this interview, basically outtakes of his interview with Stephen Greer uh, from uh, either Unacknowledged or the, uh, the one we talked about last week. Uh, the guy's already admitted to lying about shit. Exactly. So, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, the dead alien bodies, this is all according to Richard Doty, the dead alien bodies recovered at the Roswell crash were placed into a deep freeze, then transported to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. A uh, lot of lot of activity there at uh, Wright Patterson. A um, lot of UFOs apparently have been uh, mm-hmm. shipped over there and studied, but uh, he had a lot of activity there. Doty described the creatures. Uh, this is in the uh, Roswell crash. He described the creatures as being four feet tall, no ears, a slight indentation where a nose would be, very large eyes, and very thin. Uh, oh, wearing a very thin, tight-fitting bodysuit that made them appear almost nude. Uh, they had four fingers on each hand, no thumbs, and each finger had a suction cup type device at the tip of the finger. Slinky so these fellas. Yeah, so these are the ones that, uh, that they recovered from uh, Roswell. Um, one of the alien bodies was wearing a type of uh, head apparatus, almost like a helmet, one of the, the dead ones. Um, inside the crash UFO, investigators found a rectangle-shaped piece of plexiglass uh, year, they didn't know what that was for. Years later, they finally discovered that that uh, plexiglass type thing was uh, actually some sort of energy device, and that that was powering the uh, the craft. Uh, what else? Doty said he was also shown another recovery video video from another UFO crash in Horse Mesa, New Mexico. That's about 230 miles uh, northeast from Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, although this video was taken in 1949, two years later after the Roswell crash. The investigators, this is interesting, investigators believe uh, that that craft, the one that they found in Horse Mesa, uh, they believe it crashed at the same time as the Roswell craft crashed, and that the two crafts, the one from Horse Mesa and the one from Roswell, actually crashed into each other. Partly because they were identical crafts. Yeah, partly because they were identical crafts and they looked at the damage the same way a police officer might look at uh, the damage on two cars at a, uh, at, at a wreck site and figure out, you know, who, who did what. They said the damage on each crash corresponded with the other damage. I'm going to, okay, so, I'm going to go, I'm going to give a classic, fuck no. <laughs> You're going to tell me that two spaceships traversed the universe and then fender-bendered in, Good point. in, in New Mexico? Uh-huh. No. They uh, they believe the recovered craft in Horse Mesa had actually been down for two years until it was discovered by a cattle rancher. The uh, the Horse Mesa craft contained a few alien bodies, although they were badly decayed by the time the craft was discovered. So that's crazy too. If that's true, this uh, rancher had this big piece of property, and unbeknownst to him, for two years 
an alien craft was just sitting on his property with alien beings inside, and the craft was rusting and the beings were decaying. You imagine just out behind the barn, you got a downed UFO, you don't even know it? Yeah, I, I, if, this, if the source of this is a guy who's just like, my job is to deceive. Like, you can't, how are you supposed to trust anything ever again that this guy's going to go on record with? Well, that was his job, and I think now he's like, that was my job, but now I'm telling the truth. Please believe me. I don't know. I, I, I get I get your point there. Uh, Doty stated the two crafts were both oval-shaped. They were approximately 35 feet wide and 42 feet long. So that's a, that's a pretty good-sized craft. The inside contained no traditional instrument panels, but rather a surface area that appeared to be operated by the aliens placing their hands flat on the surface and the hands possibly communicated with the helmet device somehow. All right, so that's, that's, some, that's some alien shit I can dig. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they're not, no they're traditional not instrument about, panel. N- no, there's no knobs and switches anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right, later Doty was briefed on the four different types of aliens that the United States Air Force had experiences with. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to the alien beings he saw in the Roswell recovery, the ones I already described, uh, he calls uh, the ones he calls Ebens. Uh, oh, yeah, which stands for Extraterrestrial Biological Entity. E-B-E-N-S, extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial biological. biological entity. Uh, he was How's shown that actual... That's it, that's it, it B. Yeah, I know. And they do, they do that sometimes with the acronyms, right? You add something else in there, just kind of make it more phonetic. Uh, he was shown I mean, call actual Call him fucking Jeff at that point. <laughs> he was shown actual photographs of uh, three other types of creatures. I'm going to describe these uh, based on his description to you here. Uh, One was, this is all quotes, one was looking like an insect, had huge eyes, very large head, a small body. They had two different appendages on their arms. They had basically two hands on each arm. They had several joints in their legs, and they had a bubble-type appendage in the front and a lump or something in the back. Uh, That was one of them. Uh, They were about the size of an average human, right? So that's... That's one type that he saw, or the second type he saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, another type was very tall, uh, very, very thin humanoid that had long arms. Uh, the arms reached down probably to its knees. They had regular hands. Their faces were very, very thin. They were almost human-looking, uh, unless you really studied them closely. And you got, uh, you got real close, you could tell that they weren't human. Uh, they didn't have any hair, and they had cat-like eyes. He said their irises resembled those of a cat. Is this just a no press hair. release for the Men in Black movie? Is that all? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you know what this reminds me of, though? Uh, that great video from, I believe, uh, Niagara Falls, the hotel footage of the two uh, yeah. suspected Men in Black walking in. The people who were talking about those guys said they, had, they were super tall, super skinny, and that they had no hair. They had, like, yeah. wigs and, like, fake eyebrows and stuff. This sounds like uh, some of those dudes. And uh, finally, uh, the final creature, the fourth creature that uh, he was briefed on, it looked something like an Eben, the the first ones from the Roswell crash, but it was bigger. It had a bigger body. Uh, He found out later in a briefing that uh, they were genetically engineered creatures that the Ebens had made. They knew it was genetically engineered, and I don't know how they didn't, they never told us. 
So this fourth one was similar to those Ebens in the Roswell crash, but bigger and apparently genetically engineered. That's creepy. Eben, so which stands for creatures that came from space. <laughs> he was also briefed uh, on the actual crafts. Uh, he was shown photographs of three different alien crafts. One was cigar-shaped and about 70 feet long. That's a fairly common description, cigar-shaped UFO. Uh, one was smaller and shaped like a uh, dreidel or a top, you know, like a little kid's game, the little top. Uh, that's, I've heard those descriptions uh, before. And uh, the last one was small, about the size of a Volkswagen Beetle, and appeared to be a single occupant craft, a one-seater. So he was shown photographs of all these different types of crafts, uh, video and photographs of four different types of aliens. Um, if, if this guy's whole gig, again, I want to go back, like, okay, his job was disinformation. And a disinformation and, like, like say, high-level government operatives. Now, you don't think he's just bored telling people, like, oh, yeah, I saw aliens? Like, he lies professionally, and like now this is just him. This is like a, a, a former pro football player out playing catch now just to keep his arm warm. I mean, possibly, but you think about it, too, though. I, I get your point. Yes, his whole job was disinformation. But after 30, 35 years of that, he retires. Maybe now he's like, hey, I want to come clean. You know, here's what I actually saw. It'd but his, dis- but like his a- disinformation was about telling people that UFOs were real and faking abductions. Yeah. I mean, it'd be like that a was the, public... The lies were in the, in the past, he was lying that they were real and admitted to lying about UFOs being real. Now he's mm-hmm. telling the truth about UFOs being real. Why? 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 I mean, it'd be like a, a public defender who's spends his whole career, you know, trying to get shitheads out of charges. And then at the end was like, listen to all, listen to all the shit that was actually true. You know, listen to all the guilty people I defended. I, I could see, I could, I mean, I totally get how somebody might not believe a word this guy says, but I could also see from his perspective of like, yeah, I, now I want to come clean and, and tell you what I know now that I'm no longer, I don't know. I don't know how like those NDAs and, and class of the the uh, special clearances, security clearances. I don't know how that works in terms of once somebody well, retires. Here's a here's a here's a quote from the Guardian talking about mm-hmm. <clears throat> Mirage, uh, the Mirage Men movie. Mm-hmm. Doty and his colleagues fed credulous ufologists about lies and half truths. How is ufologist a word when UFOs own anagram and then you made it with? Unidentified flying objectologists. Live I've heard it called it. ufologist. It's, Where you don't even say the UFO, just ufologist. That's that's neither it, here nor there. It's neither, It's nowhere because it's you can't take an anagram and then make a word out of it. <laughs> Anyway, Doty and his colleagues fed credulous ufologists, ufologists lies and half-truths, knowing their fertile imaginations would do the rest. In return, they were apprised of chatter from the community, thus alerting the military when anyone was getting too 
too close to their top secret technology. And the Guardian spelled two with only one O there. It's incorrect. So they're all over the place. And if the Soviets thought the U.S. was really communicating with aliens, all the better. So that was the disinformation. Oh, these UFO nuts think they're finding a spaceship in the desert. No, they found something we're working on that's top secret. But thank God they think it's a UFO and not just military stuff. So this guy, whose jo- that, that was his job, was seeding uh-huh. the UFO community with disinformation, mm-hmm. is now going, ah, actually, it's true. I don't, <laughs> yeah. buy, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And I know I'm, like, it's, it's my role to be cynical on stuff, but I think this guy is just a, I think he's a bored retiree. You think all this is, is bullshit? He didn't see the video from the Roswell crash. He didn't see these photographs of four different types of aliens. You think it's all bullshit? He admitted that was his job was to lie about that stuff. Mm-hmm. They, if you were dating a woman and her whole thing was just to be like, nope, I'm not seeing somebody else. That guy's just my friend. And for years just said that. And then he's like, yep, mm-hmm. actually I was cheating on you with that guy the whole time. But this other guy, this guy now, he's just my friend. <laughs> he's for real. Tr- yeah. Are you going to trust no, that person? I get it. I get it. I just want this to be true. I want there to be a human being who's had these experiences, who's seen these videos, who's seen these photographs. I do too, but I think this guy's... I, I mean, we've got to watch Mirage Men again if we really want to get... Yeah. Got a few more things here. Uh, 1981, there was an Air Force scientist who passed away, and among his personal effects in his office... They found a footlocker filled with autopsy photos of alien bodies recovered from the Roswell crash. Doty saw these photos, and um, these are autopsy photos now, so he said some of them were pretty graphic where you could actually, you know, they're opened up and you could see the organs. He says that uh, these particular aliens from the um, Roswell crash, they had their heart and lungs combined into one big organ. So the heart and lungs were together, and they also had two stomachs. So... Um. Yeah, but back to the live alien that survived the Roswell crash. Um, yeah. That alien had no vocal cords. It communicated only through sign language. And eventually doctors performed some sort of surgery so that the alien could actually talk and make noises. This is the same even one who, who uh, shacked up with the uh, Air Force captain. Um, that guy, that captain, like I said before, he was a linguist. He figured out how to communicate with this guy, but eventually they did something. Even though they said he had no vocal cords, they did something uh, that that made him talk and make noises. What was the captain's name? What was the who was the guy that was he didn't say? Yeah, I, I was I was trying to find that, but he didn't say. It's just he was an Air Force captain uh, who was assigned <laughs> to be the handler of uh, even one. Uh, one last, uh, this is pretty good. In 1984, at uh, yeah. Pease Air Force Base in upstate New York, a uh, UFO was spotted flying around their nuclear weapons storage area. Later, it was discovered that that particular, or that a particular nuclear warhead had been dismantled, and investigators actually discovered alien fingerprints on that warhead. Now, I've heard a lot of this where, uh, around uh, like nuclear weapon silos and stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, that's something I think Doty talked about. Like, every nuclear weapon silo in America basically has reported UFO encounters. 
But uh, this one, apparently it landed its craft, got out, dismantled the warhead, and they recovered fingerprints. Alien fingerprints. <clears throat> Aliens have fingerprints. I guess so. All right. All right. <laughs> Aliens in their skin-tight suits uh-huh. their four, with their four fingers. Uh-huh. Still in the FBI, cups. in the FBI. Yeah, they got suction cups. They got fingerprints. They got suction cups. Mm-hmm. So for all you know, somebody stuck a, a Garfield window decoration to the side of the <laughs> missile <laughs> and pulled it off. And somebody's like, oh, it's alien fingerprints. See, there's only four of them and they're suction cups. Mm-hmm. And it was just a Garfield saying, just hang in there or something. <laughs> all right, man. I'm gonna, I got a big fuck no on this Richard Doty guy. I think he's a, I think he's a, a rascal. <laughs> I think he's a slippery <laughs> rascal. I like that. <laughs> he knows how to keep people talking about him. Oh, my God. All right. Like I do with every story, every every episode. I don't say this every episode, but just imagine if he's telling the truth. Imagine if this is real. How fucking nuts is that? Very. Air Force which is Captain why I don't believe it. <laughs> I want to believe it so bad. You want to believe that, like, there's a guy, an Air Force captain, answering the door for Pizza Hut while kicking an alien out of the way? <laughs> yes. I like want a, like a, like a dog he's trying to house train. Uh-huh. Down. Get off that. What they, I mean, yeah, what's, like... Again, that's okay. So an alien just gets up in the morning with this guy. Like alien, aliens sleep eight hours a night, or they have to get like a new cable package because the little guy doesn't sleep and he just wants to watch TV. Yeah, that's what I want to know. I want to know the real day to day habits of this alien. I still think the I still think the movie The Explorers had the best take on uh, on aliens and how they only learned from television signals from Earth. <laughs> How to communicate. You ever see that movie? <laughs> when I was a kid, I don't remember anything about it, but I remember I have to that was it. in the rotation when I was little. Yeah. That and uh, Flight of the Navigator. That was a fun one. Oh, yeah. I just, more and more, I've been listening to that. I, I know somebody on the Reddit was saying, like, what podcast. It was a Tales from the Rabbit Holes, the one I've been listening to lately, this guy, Mick West. Okay. And he talks to a lot of people who debunk things or... Man, there's, I think it's episode 42 where he's talking to a flat... Like, all right, we can all pretty much agree that flat earthers are either just bored trolls that are excited that somebody wants to argue with them. You know like you know those people that are going to be wrong but are just excited that you want to argue? Troll, well, trolls, I guess trolls. Uh-huh, yeah. But this poor woman was I just so stoned and just... <laughs> regurgitating all the bullet points she's heard in the most, like I, I laughed more at her trying to defend her stance on being flat earth than I have at intentional comedy in a while. It's episode 42. He doesn't name anybody. There's nobody like nobody's outed by name, but man. And and so, but that was like this guy more and more, talking to people that debunk conspiracy theories, they're just, they're just saying if there's this many people involved in something, truth will get out there. Mm -hmm. 
more so than like one or two guys leaking. Like you got this, you got an entire military base that has live aliens walking around in it. And your best source is the guy who spent decades lying about it Mm -hmm. as a career. Mm -hmm. Not the low level schmuck who has nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. So it is kind of just, you know, the most obvious explanation is usually the correct one. But I don't, hey, man, it's it's fun to know. It's hey, it's fun to keep the uh, keep the fires of the imagination stoked. Yeah, yeah, interesting uh, stuff. What do you uh, uh, what's uh, what what recipe is this alien making? You got a recipe this week? No, nah, no recipe this week. What have I done? I haven't cooked much this week. Uh, made no. some pork chops. Uh, yeah. I haven't cooked a lot this week. Probably gonna cook something this week though. Probably smoke something. It's time to throw on. I got I gotta redeem myself from those ribs from a few weeks ago. Yeah. Still kinda, I uh I treat bad cooking experiences like a like a bad sexual experience, you know? It's uh kind of holds me back for a few days and then eventually you gotta get back in there and swing that bat again. So. <laughs> if you're already using a sports metaphor, you could have just said I, sports. That's true. <laughs> Combining my metaphors. Treat Dude, like saw an wood. amazing movie. <laughs> saw an amazing movie the other day. What'd you see? Promising Young Woman. You Dude, all this? right. So many people have been talking about it, but then it was like 20 bucks. Yeah. Like, I, I well, keep talking about buying a conversion van that's so much money that I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, that oh, would just be cool. But I'm like, 20 bucks for a movie. How dare yeah. I pay more than $3 to rent something on Amazon? That's no, a lot, of, a lot of people have been talking about it and saying it's real good. Katie rented it and justified it with like, well, we haven't been to the movies in oh, over the, a year. Absolutely. So absolutely. This would be been, $10 a ticket. It's my own um, nitpicky weirdo. <laughs> no, I get it. When I, we queued it up and I saw, what the fuck? 1999. Uh, it was good. I, I don't want to spoil anything or give anything away, but uh, man, couple of some real twists and turns and, and – um, just a unique movie. I haven't seen anything like this. Um, and the gal, the lead gal, just crushes it. Just, uh, yeah. I think her name, Carrie Mulligan. Uh, she's been in a few mm. things. She's in, I knew her from uh, Inside Lewin Davis, Coen Brothers movie with Oscar Isaac about the folk singer. Mm-hmm. Uh, love yeah. that movie. That was uh, she wasn't particularly great in that movie. I thought she, you know, so when I heard that she was in this, I was like, oh yeah, that girl. But man, just, I'll be, again, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I'd be I'd be surprised if she doesn't get an Oscar nomination out of this. But uh, okay, I don't even know. Well, I'm afraid to even talk too much about it because I don't want to spoil anything. But just well, no, it's like it's, it's a pretty good. new movie. A lot of people. I mean, the hypes. Obviously, I've heard about it from a few people already. So the hypes out there. Maybe I'll mm-hmm. watch it. We can get into it uh, next week or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was it was good. Now uh, I will. This isn't spoiling anything. The ending is apparently uh, very polarizing. Some people right. hated the ending, and then I hated it too. Like five minutes, what I thought was the ending, you're like, ah, fuck, this Don't, sucks. They can't end it like that. Yeah, sound, no. no, that's a spoiler. That's a spoiler. Don't okay. do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But, uh, yeah, just uh, Bo Burnham is uh, the lead, uh, the, the romantic lead and uh, romantic interest. And in just, he's great. He was really good in that. I support and, uh, whatever that dude does. Yeah, 
Yeah. I might not know all of his work, but anytime I see him, I'm like, this guy, he's just, man's a pure artist. I remember when he first broke out, it was easy to shit on him because he kind of came up through, he yeah. was one of the first comedians to get big from YouTube. So it's like, oh, yeah. this viral fucker. But, but then you uh, watch no, he, the videos and you're goods. like, it's, this is like Eminem style, like, oh, you're talented. Yeah. Yeah. And a and nice dude, too. Super nice. I've, guy. I've, yeah, I've hung out with him a few times. Super nice dude. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he, he crushes it. Carrie Mulligan crushes it. Um, some other good cameos. Uh, Jennifer Coolidge is in it. She's pretty funny. She's, uh, yeah, whenever you see her show up in a Christopher Guest movie, you're like, hell yeah. Oh. Here we go. We both love soup. We both love talking and not talking. Oh, man, she's funny. <laughs> Goddamn. But yeah, highly recommend that movie. Uh, you know, I get if you don't want to drop 20 bucks on a rental, but uh, yeah, just yeah, think that like, uh, it's going out to a movie. It's just when something like I haven't seen that, I, I've barely gotten around paying three bucks just because I'm subscribing to so many different streaming services. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then a mo- it's going to be like three bucks. Like, fuck you, man. I'm already dumping how much. Like, I should have just kept cable at this point. But then it's mm-hmm. just. Oh, I gotta recalibrate and think like, man, if you were at a bar tonight. Yep. Yeah, how much, all the money you've saved. How much this would year your tab not- yeah, how much would you not even blink at if your tab was? Mm-hmm. I get I get all of my we get all the coors from Costco now. Thirty six pack for like twenty seven bucks. Oh boy. Yeah, dude. Damn. That's a good deal. Getting yeah, that's econo- how I've uh, economically shit faced around here. I've had to really because when COVID first hit, I was being incredibly frugal because I was nervous, you know, like, oh, yeah. shit, I'm not going to be able to tour. For sure. Uh, my, my, you know, and for, for many, many months, I got, I was, I didn't hardly spend money on anything uh, frivolous. And then I got back into the record game, started buying a bunch of records. And then I, but then I justified it like, well, look at all the bar tabs I haven't paid this year. And look at all, you know, going to the movies and going yeah. out to dinner. And so... Well, yeah, I'm getting stupid around here. I got the, well, you know, I got BMX bikes and guns and shit. I was telling Rachel, <laughs> I just, we just live, we just both live like Tom Hanks and Big. <laughs> I think we're, a, we're probably a week out from getting some sort of trampoline inside the house here. <laughs> oh, man, did he have his own Coke machine? I always wanted that. I thought that yeah. would just have a little soda what? machine in the corner. We just have a refrigerator. Yeah, I know. But, you know, I want to push a button. I want to put in a token, push a button, hear that thing come crashing down. That's exciting. I can get you a broken garage door opener. (laughs) All right. Well, I don't think Richard Doty's worth a shit. No. (laughs) That's the title of the the episode right there. (laughs) I think it is. I I still laugh at you. (laughs) That That was like one of your tweets from years ago. Like, I'm sick of pretending flaming lips are worth a shit. (laughs) as like it summed up everything i'm like because everybody was so psyched on that band and then you'd listen i was like what am i i try it's like like craft beer i'm like is this stockholm syndrome is it just people are more afraid to say they're indifferent towards it that's how i feel about like joke i was trying to make about how like i'm indifferent towards mma and rupaul's drag race like i don't know <laughs> i don't know i don't know if i feel safe expressing my lack of care for either of those things <laughs> it's like you're not allowed to just be indifferent towards them yeah yeah nah. well all right buddy you betcha buddy
Hold down the fort. Do something. That fort might have wheels soon, man. Man, keep me posted, dude. We'll That's see. exciting. Yeah. All right, All right buddy. buddy. We'll talk, talk to you next week. The Boogie Monster. Network.